maybe somebody's here and they're like, could you get on with it? Like, let's go. Well, let me remind you, we're in a series called Stay. All right? Stay. Waiting for the promise. We know that the promise, if you're in Acts 1, you just flip over. It just ding, we can nail it right now. Acts 2, verse 32. This Jesus God raised up. The resurrection is a real thing. And of that we are all witnesses. Over 500 people were witnesses to the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Being therefore exalted at the right hand of God and having received from the Father the promise of the Holy Spirit. What's the promise? Everybody tell me what the promise is. The promise is the Holy Spirit. You don't have to think about it. You don't have to worry about it. You don't have to like, oh, we're supposed to wait for the promise. What's the promise? I don't know. It says in Scripture, which the Holy Spirit wrote, moved men like Luke, who wrote Acts, to write. And having received from the Father the promise of the Holy Spirit, He, that's Jesus, has poured out this that you yourselves are seeing and hearing. What were they seeing and hearing? People speaking in tongues. (laughs) They didn't see any miracles. That was the miracle. Peter was like, yeah, I got it, but I guess you did. Peter was like saying something, and it was like a foreign language. The Jews must have been like, what is he doing? He must be drunk. Oh, yeah, that's what they were saying. Right? But he was speaking in a language. And it has all those countries listed there in Acts chapter 2. We'll get there next time. And these 12 disciples plus the 120 were like all speaking in tongues. They were all, it was exploding. And the gospel was going forth. And people were like, oh my goodness. What is that Galilean doing speaking Greek? You know, what is that? What is he doing speaking Egyptian? Right? What is he doing? How does he do that? We'll get to it next week. It's powerful. But this is the last message before the power comes. And we've been waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting. We've been waiting since. Do you remember when we started this? What's this? Everybody at our church knows what this means. Woo! It's our Super Bowl, right? Resurrection Sunday. Let's go! I mean, that's what we do. We come on Resurrection Sunday and we're like, let's have a party. Super Bowl what? We reserve our highest praise for... Who cares about the NBA playoffs? Or the NHL playoffs? Oh, I kind of do. Well, not as much as I care about Jesus raising from the dead. So we start right there. Day one of 50 days. Pentecost. That's the meaning of it. Pentecost. We start day one, resurrection. And what does Jesus do? He shows up in an upper room late at night. Thomas not there. And he goes, hey, peace be to you. Says it twice. And then he says, he blows on them. He breathes on them like 
God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit breathed into Adam at the beginning, and he breathed in them new life and said, receive the Holy Spirit. But Thomas wasn't there, and so he doubted, right? So then you got this story, we covered it in John chapter 20, about Thomas on day 8, a week later, and he's like, I'm not going to, I don't believe it. I won't believe it unless I touch him. Maybe you're like that. I got to see it for myself. I got to touch it or I'm not believing it. May I remind you that the Bible calls us as believers to walk by faith, not by sight. If you have to see it, touch it, it's not faith. So Thomas had his day. Then Peter, who denied Jesus three times, who's supposed to be the leader of this whole thing, right? He goes fishing. We studied that. He gets off mission. Get focused, Peter. I'm like Peter, so I might say a few things. You might go, where did that come from? I don't know, squirrel. All right. But Peter, and he led six others, seven of them, go fishing for fish. How many did they catch? Hold up the universal sign for how many they caught. Absolutely zero. Until Jesus shows up on the shore and he's like, hey, guys catch anything? Uh-uh. Throw it on the other side of the boat. They didn't even ask questions. They're just like, all right. And they caught so many that Peter jumped over because he knew it was Jesus and swam to shore. No walking on water that time. He's like, I just want to be with God. Is that how we are? When we turn, we kind of walk away. We go fishing for a while. Do we... When something happens and he's like, I'm here, are we like, woo, I'm running back. Because we need that. There's going to be several times in your life where you're going to have to run back to God. Right? Then we got to the ascension. That was last week where Jesus said, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses. That's the ministry they have, to be witnesses of the resurrection. To say, Jesus Christ is alive and well, and he lives in me through the Holy Spirit. And Jesus is like, hey, you're going to be my witnesses. Stay here in the city until the Holy Spirit comes, because it's going to be dynamite. Dynamite! Got that off a show. That was a long time ago. You that are older than me, or around 40, you probably... You know what that means. What you talking about, Willis? Yeah, that. Yeah. The ascension where Jesus is taken up. Taken up. And they're like, huh, what happened? And two angels, remember, they show up and they're like, hey, stay focused, boys. He told you to stay, but not like frozen. Like, go back to the city, get in the room, start praying, whatever. Like, and that's where we come to. They're praying in the upper room. They're going to pray, 120 of them, for 10 days. They're going to keep praying. Do you think they would have gone past 10? Do you think they would have gone to 11? Do you think they would have gone to 12? Were they getting tired of praying? I don't think so. 
I think they were just getting warmed up. But God's like, all right, you're ready. When we pray, we get ready. When we pray, we're ready for more. Remember a couple weeks ago, I said, I want more. And then last week, I was like, here's the message. Stay focused. So title of the message today is Stay Focused Part 2. <laughs> Stay focused. Times two. Don't get off of this. Stay focused. So in your online bulletin, if you're there, you see a lot of stuff. There's the stuff Jesus did between ascension and resurrection. Resurrection and ascension. Sorry, I say that the right way. You see the message for today. But then underneath that, you see last week, Stay Focused Part 1, because I want you to know what it is. Okay, if you're watching online, you're like, oh, I can't get there. Liftchurch.info. Liftchurch.info. That's where you can get the online bulletin. So I'm going to get after this passage. I want to say so much about recap. I've already recapped all of this. We're in this period from ascension, day 40, to Pentecost, day 50. We're at 10 days. So I said all that to say this. Here it is. Acts chapter 1, verse 15. That's where we left off, right? Okay, verse 15. Here it is. In those days. What? What days? In those days. Like, once upon a time? Fairy tale? Is that what he's talking about? Days. What is he talking about? Somebody tell me. What days is he talking about? Ten days. Ten days. In those ten days, here's what these guys, 120 of them, were doing. The reason 120 is important is in the Jewish culture, in order to be recognized as a thing, you had to have a certain amount of people. 120 was like, you're a thing, right? So I guess our church isn't a thing yet, but it will be. It will be. Trust me. In those days, Peter. I underlined Peter because we've been keeping our eyes on Peter, and it hasn't gone well sometimes. But he's supposed to be the leader of this whole thing. You know that from several passages. I could bore you with references. You probably wouldn't write it down and look at them anyway, so I'm just going to keep moving. We know that. Peter stood up. There you go, Peter. Come on. He stood up among the brothers and the sisters, and the company of the persons was in all about 120. And he said, so he didn't just stand up, he spoke up. All right? Listen up. <laughs> brothers, sisters, the scripture. Ooh, I underlined that, scripture. The Bible, the Word of God. What is he talking about? Is he talking about the New Testament? Not written yet. What's he talking about? Okay, we know from Luke chapter 24 that Jesus opened the eyes of the disciples to the law of Moses, to the prophets, and to the Psalms. We know that. Okay. So this is the Old Testament. The scripture had to be fulfilled. Why is he thinking about this? Because Jesus opened their eyes to understand the fulfillment 
of Jesus and the resurrection. So they're like, oh man, there's more? We need to study the word. Now you all kind of get this idea in your head. You're like, oh, so they just cracked their Bible, their Old Testament scrolls. All 39 of them. They must have listened on uh, the Bible app. No. They would have had to go to the temple to read the scroll. It's not like people carried them around. Do you think these guys were going to the temples much when they're under house arrest? So how in the world are they understanding the scriptures? The Holy Spirit. Is re- hey, remember when you were a kid and you memorized the whole first five books of the Bible? Here, here's what it said. Here's what it meant. Oh, you remember that one time you were at Grandma's house and you had, you know, the, the one tabernacle and you, or temple and you, you, they were opening the scroll, the like Psalm 69, and, and he brought things they had heard back to their mind. And he taught them, just like Jesus said he would. Jesus said, I have more things I want to say to you, but I won't say them. I'm going to send you the Holy Spirit. He'll teach you all truth. So let's not put the Holy Spirit in a box and go, he ain't a help. I got my Bible. This is where I find the Holy Spirit right here. Yeah, well, the Holy Spirit's all over this. But he's not just this. Don't be a Bible thumper. Be a Bible student. Be a student of the Bible. You know, people think they have this and they have everything they need for life and godliness because the Holy Spirit teaches you what it means. So don't forget that part. You don't want to be a big Bible thickhead and be all intelligent and up in yourself and no use to anybody. Okay? So just be wary of that. The brothers... Sisters, the scripture had to be fulfilled, which the, ooh, he just lets it out of the bag, doesn't he? Which the Holy Spirit spoke concerning Judas, who became a guide to those who arrested Jesus. Now he's on to Judas. Well, that's an interesting turn of events. You can keep going. For he, Judas, was numbered among us. He's one of our twelve. Chosen by Jesus himself. And this man, Judas, acquired a field. I skipped a part. Among us, and was allotted his share in this ministry. What's the ministry the disciples had? To be witnesses of the resurrection. What's the ministry that they had? uh, 2 Corinthians 5, the ministry of reconciliation given by God. To bring us together, not to rip us apart. Now, and this is in parentheses, do you notice that? It's in parentheses, which means it's like, Luke's really good at this. He's like, just the facts. Here, let me just tell you the facts. This is the story. He, Luke was like a doctor, and he, he was like, hey, what did you see? What did you hear? What happened? And he, he just, he's like a reporter. He's just writing it down. Hey, what, what did you see? What happened? Hey, what did you see? What happened? Hey, what did you see? What happened? And he's writing it all down. And he puts in parentheses, he's like, here's the story. Matthew 27 tells a little bit different story, but a lot of people are like, oh, those are butting heads. No, they're not. They're filling it with color. 
They're telling you more than you could have been seen with just one. So here's what he says. Now this man acquired a field. No, Judas didn't buy the field. But the money, the blood money, the 30 pieces of silver acquired the field. Who bought the field? The priests who pick it up. Right? But it was his money that he was paid for betraying Jesus. So I guess you could say he bought the field. And he is saying that. With the reward of his wickedness. And falling headlong, he burst open in the middle, and all his bowels gushed out. Ugh! The Bible just got graphic. I was in an escape room last night for Levi's 13th birthday. His aunt, so generous, was like, oh, I'll take you to the escape room. Yeah, we went to the easiest one. Let alone 6 out of 10. Easiest one, but you know what? It was also the scariest one. 4 out of 10. As in there was a lot of blood going on. There was like sawed off body parts. Fake. But it, it was there. At the end, to get out of the room, literally, you had to hold up the right hand and the right eye to the, to the control panel to get out of the room. His bowels gushed out. It's gross. I mean, like, what are we doing? Why is this, why is this in the Bible? You know, I ask that every week when I come to the next passage. Why is this in the Bible? This passage. Why didn't the Holy Spirit leave this out? How is this different than everything else that I read? And what does it mean to me? How is it going to change my life? This passage. Every week. And I try to translate it to y'all. That's how we should read the Bible. Speak, Holy Spirit, speak. I need to know so I can teach others. This passage, oh, crazy. Kind of emotional today. You, you feel that in worship? That emotion? I felt that. That's the Holy Spirit. acknowledge what it is. It's like, oh, allergies. <laughs> the Holy Spirit, man. He's here. He's written this down through Luke, his servant. And it became known to all the inhabitants of Jerusalem. I mean, everybody was talking about it. So that the field was called, in their own language, a caldama. That is, field of blood. Well, it was bought with blood money. Right? It's not that he was killed at this field. The priest, all high and mighty, probably wouldn't have used a field he was killed at. They bought a field, right, to bury people at with blood money. Judas, by the way, doesn't Matthew say he hung himself? That didn't go very well for him. 
the only way I can kind of put it together is like he hanged himself. It didn't work. That happens. The rope broke, right? But since he hung himself on the side of a cliff, right, he fell headlong, head first, and all his gushed out. That's gross. You don't want to come onto that scene. You're not going to see anything like that on, like, those shows on TV. Investigation, crime, whatever that is. Here's the point. Verse 20. For it is written in the book of Psalms. Here, here he's going to get to it. He's like, here's what the Holy Spirit told me. Peter stood up, spoke up, listen up. He says this. Here's what the Holy Spirit's saying, guys. Here's what I'm hearing. From the book of Psalms, this is Psalm 6925. I have it written down in my Bible so I don't have to wonder. May his camp become desolate and let there be no one to dwell in it. Now, you're like, how did he know to connect this passage with Judas? Because these were royal passages, messianic passages, and Jesus is the subject. How did he know that? Because the Holy Spirit, and because Jesus said he opened their minds to know what the Psalms, the prophets, and the law of Moses said about him. So he is like, hey, Psalm 69, that's about me. So Psalm 22, that's about me. Psalm 109, that's about me. Matter of fact, it's all about me. Wasn't that the message last week? It's all about Jesus. So these guys are like, oh, this is about Jesus. So that means when he's talking about the enemy, hold on, that's Judas. They put it together, and he says, may his camp, may Judas's camp be desolate, and let there be no one to dwell in it. Well, there isn't anybody to dwell in it. He's dead. Check. Fulfilled. <laughs> and it also says in Psalm 109, 8, let another take his office or his position. What's the position that Judas had? Somebody tell me. He's one of the 12. He is the money bag holder, right? He's usually last on the list. It usually says the one that was going to betray Jesus. Not that the disciples were holding a grudge or anything. He was important. Because the 12 is important. Because there's 12 tribes in Israel. And Jesus told his disciples that there would be 12 thrones that the 12 apostles disciples that he chose would sit on in his kingdom we got an empty throne man what are we going to do with that so one so this is peter he's still talking so one of the men who have accompanied us during all the time that the Lord Jesus went in and out among us. Jesus was with us for like three, three and a half years. That whole time they had to be with us. One of the guys 
that's been with us during this whole time that Jesus Christ was with us, beginning from the baptism of John. That means this guy has to be baptized by John and had to see Jesus be baptized by John. He had to go way back. We're going retro. Okay? It's 80s. Closed back in. You know, that kind of thing. Right? So he had to be, he had to be there at the beginning until the day when he was taken up from us. When was that? A few days ago. <laughs> this guy had to be there the whole time. One of these men must become with us a witness to his resurrection. We need 12 witnesses. That's the point. And we're going to get this done, and the Holy Spirit's guiding me, Peter. I'm the leader, and we're going to do this in the name of Jesus. And they, so first among equals, he's, he's not like, I'm the Pope. Oh, I'm stepping on toes now. If you're up, if you're up class, like, man, I'm in trouble right now. I don't have a category for putting a man on a God pedestal. I don't have it. I just, I don't understand it. I don't understand how you can read the scriptures. <laughs> Call no man father. Father, priest, like, it's like, dude, I have a real trouble with people calling me pastor. I really do. Because I don't want to be proud. Like, that's, it's, it's like, like there's, a, there's an honor there. Like, one who shepherds the flock among us. Pastor. One who takes care of his sheep. Like Jesus. It's not the Pope. Peter's not the Pope. He's not the first Pope in the line of many Popes. Peter's just one of the guys, but he's the leader. He's one of the twelve. He's the leader of the twelve. He's not the next Jesus. Let's just get it straight. He says, and they... They, all, they put forth two. They're all like, oh, who could we do? Who could we do? Um, um, well, I think, I think, I think that guy was with us. And what about that guy? Oh, no, no, he wasn't there that time. No, he wasn't. Okay. They're all, 120 of them, figuring out, you know, checking the facts, counting it twice, making a list. And they put two forward. Joseph, who's got problems. I don't know if it's because his name is Jesus' earthly father's name, or if he just, there's a lot of Josephs going around or what, but they put forward Joseph, called Barsabbas, well, we, that's close to Barabbas, I don't know, we've got to name him something else, who is also known as Justice. I'm mean, like, I don't even know what his name is. He's out. I don't know. And Matthias, oh, that would be easy. I mean, if I was picking, I'm voting Matthias. I'm just like, Matthias, I don't want to know. What do we call you this week? Like, I don't want to know. Matthias, okay? And he was numbered with the 11 apostles. Is that what it says? No, I missed a bunch, didn't I? Yeah. 
And they, what does it say, church? They prayed. Ten days of prayer. Fervent prayer. Consistent prayer. Dependent prayer. They were like, hey, they weren't like, well, the Holy Spirit told Peter, Peter, you choose. They were like, oh, good idea, Peter. Okay, let's pray. Let's pray. So they prayed. And they said, you, Lord, God Almighty, you, Lord, who know the hearts of all, you know what's inside and out, you know what's better than we know ourselves, show which one of these two you have chosen. We know you chose one, so make it known. To take the place in this ministry, the ministry is important, and apostleship, 12 is important, the ministry of the gospel of reconciliation and the apostleship, 12, we have to have 12, from which Judas turned aside to go his own place. When I read that, I was pricked at the heart because so many times I've played the Judas. You've got to put yourself in the place of other people in the scriptures. I'm not Jesus, so who am I? Well, I'm Judas. The difference is Judas killed himself, so he has no hope of return. Right? He's not coming back. It's done. It's finished. What if Judas didn't hang himself? How would this conversation have gone? Now, I know that's outside the will of God, so this is just a hypothetical situation. All right? But what do you know about God? Love you. Love you, Judas. You want to come back, Judas? Love you. It's never too late. And you're never too far gone. Until the day you die, you have a choice. You don't have to go your own way like Judas. You can go God's way. I get a real sense in my own spirit, and maybe you get this sense in your spirit, that you just want to do what you want to do sometimes. But I don't want to fast. I want to eat. But I want to pray. I want to go watch TV. But I don't want to love my wife. I want to please myself. I could go on. I don't want to follow God. I want pleasure. I want fun. I want, there's nothing more fun than following Jesus. You're screwed up. You're, You're twisted. You're looking at it from a world's perspective. just really came over me that Judas turned aside to his own place. Now, better than Judas, you're here, you're alive right now today. You can repent and return to God right now. And this week, when you get this thought that says, I want to do this, you can go, that's not me. That's not from God. That's evil. That's worldly. That's fleshly. I've read 1 John 5. You know what? We, don't, it, we no longer sin that way. We no longer go astray, right? We're led by the one who conquered death. He protects us from the evil one. The world is in the hands of Satan, not me. I have a choice. 
I get to decide which spirit I want to follow. And I want to follow the spirit. God. Not the spirit. Small g. Elohim. Keep going. And they cast lots for them. And the lot fell on Matthias. And he was numbered with the 11 apostles. So here it is. So this is casting lots. Here it is. They put two rocks. They maybe put a symbol on it. This is easy. Oh, red for Matthias. White for the guy with all the names. All right. <laughs> it's like, I don't know. What's your name today? And they put it in the, you know. And then they, they pour it out. Oh, look, it's the guy with all the names. Yeah, that didn't work. That's how they did it. Isn't that cool? That's weird. That's Old Testament stuff. Good thing the power of the Holy Spirit came. So we don't have to keep casting lots. We can just go to him directly and say, what do you want? We can ask him. Well, he's not talking. Well, then you're waiting. Stay and wait. It's not time yet. All right, I've got to wrap this up, so let me give you the point of the message. How about that? I told these guys, this is going to be the weirdest message because I'm just going to preach the passage, and then I'm going to come back, and I'm going to be like, okay, this is what we need to focus on. So here it is. If you have the online bulletin, it's right there. What to do while we wait. We're waiting. What to do while we wait. Stay focused on reading the Word of God. Do you see what he was doing there? You have the Word right here. Written by the Holy Spirit, you have it. Stay focused on reading the Word of God. Know this book inside and out. If there's somewhere you haven't read, you read it. If there's something you don't understand, you get on your knees in prayer and you say, God, you have to give me enlightenment. If you can't figure it out at that point, ask somebody who maybe has more understanding than you. I do that with Bob, Pastor Bob. I'm like at his house on Wednesday night and I'm like, hey, what does this mean? We're not afraid to ask for help, right? Nail that. Stay focused on reading the Word of God. If you haven't read the whole Word of God, start with the New Testament. Read the whole New Testament. When you get that done, I use the table of contents in the front, just a little secret. I just check it off when I read it. It's like, Matthew's done. I don't do Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, because it's all the same. So I'm like, Matthew, done. Okay, add. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> or maybe I go to, yeah, Ephesians or Galatians or something small. So I get this sense of accomplishment. Matter of fact, every Bible I open, I read Jude, 3 John, 2 John, and 1 John. And then, and then you just keep going with the small books until you're like, ooh, I got some momentum going. Hey, uh, I'm rolling. And you just keep reading. And then you get some bigger books and you take them down. I got the Hebrews 13 chapters off. I got, you know, 1 Corinthians. Ooh, that was tough. <laughs> and you start checking them off. 
You get through the whole New Testament. You read the Old Testament. It can take longer. Three years, what I've told our church. Read the New Testament every year. Read the Old Testament in three years. That's what I've told our church. All right. Read it. Two, stay focused on listening to the Holy Spirit. Stay focused on listening to the Holy Spirit. So he didn't just come up with this stuff. God, Jesus, communicated to the disciples. It says that over in uh, Acts chapter 1, he had, when he had given commands through the Holy Spirit. Do you think that stopped? No, he's going to keep doing that. And so he was given a command. So keep listening. Stay focused on listening to the Holy Spirit. What are you saying, God? What are you saying, God? What are you saying, God? What does that mean, God? What, you know? I made a joke about the snakes last week, right, in my yard. That was weird. After I preached on snakes, and then I was like, snakes in my yard. You know what? We said something to somebody this week. What, what do you think that means? And I was like, duh! God, what was that? What were you saying? What were you, you know, it's like, I mean, it's not a coincidence. What are you doing, God? So, there you go. Keep listening to the Holy Spirit. Number three. Stay focused on praying in the Spirit of God. We don't just pray for dumb stuff. We don't just pray according to our own will or flesh. The Bible warns us against that all over the place. Pray in the Spirit. Pray in the Spirit of God. Pray according to the Spirit and according to the Word of God. Romans chapter 8, we were just talking about this at one of our prayer meetings, uh, the third one, it was two days ago. Romans chapter 8 says, the Spirit intercedes for us in prayer because we do not know what to pray. With groanings, we do not know. That's what the Spirit does. We need Him to know what to pray, to know how to pray. All right, I got to be done. I'm going to invite the band up. I'm going to do communion. Real quick, I'm going to give you three things to leave while they're coming up. Three commitments we're going to make together. If you don't want to make the commitment, then I don't know what to do with that. Three commitments we're going to make together as we leave Acts 1. Because next week, there's power coming. There's dynamite coming. So here's three commitments to leave as we walk out of Acts 1 and head towards Pentecost, which we've been keying to for a long time. Number one, we will receive power from the Holy Spirit. Wait for it. We will receive power from the Holy Spirit. Wait for it. Number two, we will be witnesses of Jesus Christ, of the resurrection. We will testify Jesus is alive. He's alive in me. He's alive in us. He's alive. We will do that. And we will wait in prayer for God to come. We will wait in prayer. So we're praying again tonight at 7.30 at my house on the deck. Some beautiful sunsets. <laughs> and we're going to be there again. And you're all invited at 7.30. And we're going to pray. Because as we leave this chapter, we will wait in prayer for God to move. Ten days of prayer together. Tonight is our fifth night. 
We're going strong all week. Friday will be our last night. Let's just get more people there every day. I know not everybody can come all the time. I understand that. There's no arm twisting. This is an opportunity for us to be together and to pray together. That's it. All right, let's end with communion. Take out the cup. We're going to sing a song. These guys are actually going to sing it over us because this is a new song we probably haven't sang before. You probably have heard it. It's probably familiar to you. Jesus, we love you. And we do love Jesus, right? We love him. And so we take this because we love him. I want to take it together. So we'll take it together at the end of the song. But use this song to either ready your heart, as in confess, repent, or to gladden your heart, as in, God paid for me. I'm living in that eternal life. Use it however the Spirit wants to use it in your life. Pray. Communicate with Him. As these guys sing this over, then we'll take it when we're done.